0: Hello baseball fans, welcome to Sully Baseball Daily. The podcast, we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California. The birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I am traveling today. I am not home. And while I'm traveling, I decided I was going to put on what I call a potpourri episode. I'm going to be playing parts of two different interviews, and these parts didn't really fit into the episodes that I posted, but I liked them. I liked the information that was exchanged during here, so I figured, do you what? These aren't enough for a whole episode, but I'll put two of them together, and boom, we've got one episode one out of 366 that I'm going to produce here in 2016. It's parts of an interview with comedian Brody Stevens and the writer uh, Stacy Gatsoulias, who I really think I pronounced her name correctly this time. Now, Brody Stevens is a wonderful stand-up comedian. Uh, you've seen him in the movie The Hangover, and you'll just see him if you go to comedy clubs. He's wonderful, and I've known him for about 20-some-odd years. And When I had him on the show a little while ago, he went on a little bit of a tangent about babying pitchers and his point of view on the topic, especially as someone who was a pitcher as a college player at Arizona State University. So this is part one of the potpourri, which is Brody Stevens talking about babying pitchers.
1: You know, well, you're talking about babying the arms. I mean, the, the pitch counts, the innings and all that stuff. You get to a hundred pitches. I mean, there's something to that, I suppose, but I also feel there's certain pitchers you look like, a like at a, a Verlander. The guy gets stronger as the game goes on. You know, if you go in there and you, and you're, and you're expected, you put in your head like, well, all I got to do is five innings and hand it over the bullpen. I don't know how you develop as, like a, as a starting pitcher. You know, you're always going to be that six, seven-inning guy. And you know what? You'll make millions of dollars.
2: The people who are against the babying are guys like, you know, Glavin and Smoltz and Maddox and guys like, yeah, guys who did it for a long time. Nolan Ryan. Exactly. I would much rather listen to what he has to say on the topic. I mean, I'm sure you're going to handle Clay Buchholz different than you're going to handle Felix Hernandez because they're different human beings.
1: Okay. Yeah, you're going to, if you're, you're a pitching coach, you got to be a little bit of a psychologist, a father, a big brother, that sort of thing. But you know what? Sometimes you want to get, I mean, how many guys get to do their own schedule? I, I don't think it happens. So yeah, maybe you're going to tweet a, a buck Holtz is different from say, who you know, Felix Hernandez, right? You know, yeah. but. Yeah. You have, there's a purpose to your side work. There There's a schedule of it, you know. So, I, some guy there's not going to be a guy who goes, I don't do side work. I don't do it. I don't do running. I don't right. do that. I do my own stuff. That doesn't happen. You get the – I mean, you're, they're not robots, but I guarantee you those guys on Atlanta, they're all on that same schedule, you know, Gladden, right. Smolts, Eddie Nagel, uh, Millwood.
2: There a, Kevin, Kevin Milwood Kevin Millwood. Millwood for a while. He's Yeah.
1: They threw you yeah. around and they threw like two or three bullpens a week and not hard just to keep those mechanics, the muscle memory. You could work a mechanic and throw the ball 40 feet. That's okay. I mean, there, there are some guys probably that, that fix too too many of these. They look at, uh, you know, Roy Halladay pitched a yeah. lot of innings and just kind of flamed out. But if you look at it, I guess he had a 16-year career. It's pretty good.
2: But what was the guy for the – he won the Cy Young with Arizona. Brandon Beck, that's the guy yeah. he went from. He near, he was like a 20-game – he won the Cy Young and then like two years later nearly won it again, and then he pitched one more game. But like in 2008, he was on the verge. of He almost won two Cy Young awards. And by two thousand nine he was done. You know, it's it's almost you know, I always go back to, I always go back to Strasbourg because the Nationals had this pitcher, they shut him down, and then in the playoffs their starting pitching sucked and they wound up losing to the Cardinals, and I kept thinking, you know, you don't know when you're gonna get to the playoffs again. And you don't know when you, if a player's gonna get hurt again. Shouldn't you have, to, she should go in with your best team. No, I mean, I
1: think you're right. Yeah, they had a lot, they had a lot of money invested in this kid and he threw a hundred miles an hour and you look at Strasburg, he's kind of like to me, like a Mark Trier and mm-hmm. very square, good mechanics, but a lot of elbows and knees and you gotta, you gotta keep those together. You know, I mean, the fact that he blew out his elbow, it didn't really like surprise me, because yeah, I and I, I, I I'm not. I mean, maybe they knew something. Maybe did, did he blew out? He blew out his elbow before. Let I me, mean, I forget uh, when he was held out. He 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 elbow before. he
2: blew they, blew they blew out his elbow the year before. And he wound up getting Tommy John surgery, and then the year they then he came back and he was good the year the 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 Nationals were in first place. And I think I think part of the reason is they set up okay. They began the season saying he's only going to pitch X amount of innings, and nobody thought the Nationals were going to be. I think people thought the Nationals were going to be improved, but nobody thought that they were going to be the division champs that year, and the Phillies fell off the map, the Braves fell off the map, and uh, suddenly the Nationals are the division champs, and there's, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, shit, we're, we're not expect- we were expecting to be going to the playoffs, and right. we had already set an innings limit that if he goes past this innings limit, we're going to shut him down even if we're in first place. And I kept saying there must be ways you could stretch his innings women out or do something. You know, you have a chance to win the. you know, Washington DC could have a World Series. <laughs> I know. It's kind of, I mean, it, it's.
1: Not, I mean, yeah. If I was a Washington Nationals fan, I would probably be a little upset with that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how Strasburg felt. You know, may, maybe he was. uh breaking down a little bit that year. We don't know. Maybe he was having aches and pains. And, you know, it does take, yeah. you know, about two years yeah. to come back fully from, from that Tommy John surgery. So, I right. mean, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, what happens if he did blow out his elbow in the playoffs? Then they're going to say,
2: you know. You sure I don't know. You know you but, sure yeah, you're, you're,
1: you know, when you baby people,
2: that's how you get hurt. All right, that was Brody Stevens.
0: Now here's the second part of the potpourri, which is Stacy Katsulius is a wonderful writer uh, for Baseball Prospectus. Uh, it's all about the money, uh, Call to the Pen, Hardball Times, SB Nation, you name it. She's written wonderful things for there. And we got on a, a many, many tangents during our conversation that was supposed to last 20 minutes. It wound up being like an hour and 10 minutes. And I started complimenting a piece that she wrote for Hardball Times, which I'm going to put at sullybaseball.wordpress.com, which I thought was a really well-written and really touching piece. And she thanked me for that. And then we got on a little bit of a tangent about when it's okay to feel good about your work. So here's the wonderful writer, Stacy Gatsoulias. If you haven't read any of um, Stacey's uh, work. There's, I mean, there's some really great pieces you wrote. The the piece about your father and basically Derek Jeter's walk off hit in mm. t- 2014. But the, the the piece you wrote about your your dad is obviously that's one of the ones you link to on your site on your on your Twitter feed. But read it. It's a great piece. I got I got sad. You know, I couldn't believe that I'm getting sad reading about something good happening to the Yankees.
3: But <laughs> You're not the first person to say that.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. I hate you know. It's like damn it, but it's really wonderful piece and a really beautiful piece, and it it made me actually happy that Derek Jeter got that hit. So
3: yeah, it was it was interesting that night, not knowing what would unfold the next morning. And you know, of course, when something like that happens, um, you tend to replay everything in your mind, thinking, you know, did I miss something? Like, was he trying to tell me something? But. Yeah you know, I, there was nothing I could have done.
0: Yeah. So. If, go. I mean, this is sounds we're, we're talking about a piece, assuming that everyone's read it. Uh, <laughs> and I realized we had the ultimate spoiler alert um, that, you know, it doesn't end well, but um, it's, it's about your father who had some, a, some condition that wound him wounding up in with a, a skin condition, I believe it was. And, yes. And, and uh, it's he,
3: called, um, Steven Johnson syndrome. Mm. And it usually happens. Uh, some medications cause it. And it's basically like a really intense allergic reaction. And it basically ca- causes your skin to pretty much fall off. Oh. And I mean, he looked like a burn victim. It was unbelievable, which was why he was in.
0: He was in the burn ward, you said. He was
3: in the burn unit at Wild Cornell. And what was amazing was um, his skin when he passed away, it looked the best it had ever looked. Cause he basically regrew all of his skin, his face his everything. he just, he, we, my mom and I were like, wow, you know, too bad he couldn't see himself because he really looked good. You know? uh, and, you know, they had to shave his head because it, it spread yeah. everywhere. And, you know, he didn't get to see that he was basically bald. And when he passed away, he, he looked like he had a military haircut again and he was in the army in the sixties. And I think he mm-hmm. would have gotten a kick out of that if he had seen himself. So,
0: I mean, you're, you've written a lot of really great pieces, but that one I thought was really terrific. And,
3: Thank you. I kind of shocked myself as well because yeah. <laughs> I, I read it back from time to time, and I cry every time I read it. But I read some of the stuff, and I'm like, wow, this turned out really well. <laughs> I'm glad you
0: said that because there's there are times you know, I, like you're everyone's supposed to be too cool, you know? It's like, yeah, oh yeah, like. You know, like you're not supposed to review things you've done or anything. And, and when I've done a podcast I'm really proud of or some of the videos that I've done or a, or a, or a blog post that I've done, I'm like right through. So, oh, look at that. Actually, I stuck the landing on that one.
3: <laughs> yeah, there are times I read things and I'm like, did I actually write this? And hmm. then I have to double check and make sure it was in fact me.
0: I, and by Be- the way, I call BS on the people who claim they don't do that. Me too. You know, there's nothing wrong about that. You feel good about something you wrote. Why should you be ashamed of that?
3: Yeah. 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 I think uh, every writer has, every writer has imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um, Every writer goes through a phase where they're, I wouldn't say, well, no, I'm jealous of other people. Oh, probably,
0: I see, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm enraged with jealousy with people.
3: Yeah, like there are some days where I'm just like, how does this person do this every damn week? I don't yeah. understand because there are some weeks where my brain is just not working well enough for me to write more than maybe 500 words. And there are people churning out 2000 word columns every single week, sometimes twice a week. I'm like, how do you do this?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, one of the reasons I do a podcast 365 days a year is that I, I, it's kind of the infinite monkey's theory that if I just keep doing podcasts every day I'll land some good ones and maybe maybe you know I one of the highest batting average but at the end of the year man, there's 40 or 50 really good shows you did thank you very much thank you <laughs> yeah. there's the occasion I have the occasional clunkers you know but you know it's like ah, hey, look at it I'm, I'm building up a uh, body work by the way I'll before we get back on topic I do want to talk to you about the Yankees um the the, the biggest me calling BS on this topic of all time was I saw an interview. I forget who it was. Let's just say it was Charlie Rose. Cause it was that kind of a tone of an interview, kind of like a really kind of serious tone mm-hmm. with James Kahn. Okay. And James Kahn claimed in the interview that he hadn't seen the Godfather since 1972. Okay. But in the course of the interview, he said four or five really, really specific details about the movie hmm. that, look at, I was born in 72, and hmm. this interview was like 2009, 2010, so it was nearly 40 years later, right. okay? And not the sort of things you would remember these tiny details. I call BS on James Caan because, you know what, if I were in The Godfather as, I don't know, the guy who whose camera that Sonny breaks, you know... I would be watching The Godfather every day <laughs> and say, that's me yeah. in The Godfather. And, and he was freaking sunny. You know, so I, I just I call BS on James Caan. You watch it every day and you should because you were sunny <laughs> in The Godfather, for goodness sake, You're the coolest character in the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that off my chest.
3: <laughs> that's fine.
0: I, this felt good. This was therapeutic. This is kind of like the piece you wrote about your dad. I feel very, uh, you know, I feel like I, I, I shared a lot here. Well, what um, happened
3: was I was writing just a piece about me and sports and everything else. And, yeah, and I decided when hardball times asked me to write for them, you know, they like narrative pieces like that. And I was like, Hmm, maybe I can turn this into something about my dad, since he's the reason why I am the way I am mm-hmm. <laughs> with regards to baseball fandom and why I got into writing about it. And it took me, let's see, I started writing it in November and December was kind of bad. Like the holidays are bad. It's only the second holiday season without them. So I wasn't really feeling up to writing it. And I just so happened to write a blog post on my personal blog about feeling like an imposter. And Mm -hmm. writing that out was cathartic enough for me where I finished the piece the next day. Right. I just banged it out in three hours and handed it in. And I was like, okay, it's done. Hopefully people will, you know, I was just hoping that people would, it would resonate with people and they'd be like, oh yeah, good job, whatever. And uh, the afternoon that the piece went up, Brandon McCarthy of all people ah. tweeted it out, tweeted it out and recommended it. Like I said, you should read this. And I nearly fainted and there was no one in the house. <laughs> When I got the notification on my phone, there was no one in the house for me to freak out with because it was one of those moments where I wanted to kind of jump up and down and scream, and yeah. I couldn't do it because no one was here.
0: Yeah, you can't really do that alone. That's really, that's, there's something kind of.
3: <laughs> now, as a writer, do you feel, okay, this is how I feel sometimes. I would rather have a stranger tell me my piece is good instead of my friends because you kind of, you figure your friends are just. <laughs> puffing you up a little bit like oh yeah your pace was really great but if you get it from someone who doesn't know you from a hole in the wall like it makes i don't know it just makes me feel better to know when people who don't normally read me are like oh wow this was really good
0: oh yeah i mean that's what during my stand-up comedy days that was always getting strangers to laugh is the key i can i've always been able to make my cousins and uncles and aunts laugh but if i Mm -hmm. could get people if I'm in the middle of Alabama and I don't know anybody and I'm making people laugh, they go, like, oh, "Okay, now I'm I'm doing okay." Um, I, it's funny. My mother will will be very honest with me, if she doesn't like something. That's how my mother is wired. And so when my mom is said, will come up to me like, "Good podcast yesterday." It's like, "Oh man, my mom liked it." It's kind of like I love my mom dearly, and she's listening to me saying these words right now. But there is a little bit of uh, Simon Cowell in my mom that you know you're gonna have to. <laughs> Yeah, she'll let you know. She'll yeah. let you know. But yeah, absolutely. Like you know, the the thing that I did that got the probably the best response was when I did the in memoriam video. I did a series of in memoriam videos uh, for when Fox neglected to mention Tony Gwynn in the All Star Game. Oh yes. And I made it. made the and the the bullshit excuse, they say, well, there were too many people to mention. I said, really? There were too many 15-time All-Stars who died in the previous few weeks? That was just, there was an, an epidemic. Right. And uh, there was like, there are 18 commercial breaks, and you have how many times can you plug the new girl? I mean, you could... Can... <laughs> <laughs> 18 commercial breaks, at least... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, before we go to commercial, Tony Gwynn, man, sad, sad, sad. Now here's the cast of The Voice. You know, I mean, or I don't even know what network The Voice is on, but
3: oh, that's NBC. Oh, I, I only know that because I used to work for NBC.
0: <laughs> oh, there you go. Well,
3: yeah.
0: It just goes to show. I was just trying to think of another, uh, uh, like
3: American Idol is on Fox.
0: Okay. I, you know what? I should have gone Idol. I should mm-hmm. have gone Idol. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, and I did that, and and a bunch of people you know sent that out and there was a couple of people who wrote articles that saying like you know the major league baseball dropped the ball and this guy picked it up and I'm like hey look at that yeah strangers that's the key <laughs> is strangers you can yeah. you know we're not you know it's it's like when i used to when i did stand up and i used to host an open mic in new york for years and there would always be the funny guy in the office who would show up and I'm going to shoot, because people in the office say, you're really funny, Lou. You you should do stand-up. And oh, yeah. They go, and they go up and they always bombed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was sort of gleeful watching them bomb sometimes because they would come in striding in like, you know, <laughs> like they're Spartacus walking in and saying, all right, it's about to get real now. And, uh, and they crash and burn. <laughs> I'm a mean man.
3: I get like that sometimes. Yeah, but it's good to admit it. Yeah,
0: you read your stuff when you like it. You like it when people give you praise. These are not these are these are positives.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: this is therapy. This is not a
3: podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're having a we're having a uh, um, an affirmation meeting. Two people who've never met before just sitting down so like. <laughs> It's okay to feel good about what you do. <laughs> Thank you, Stacy. Thank you, Brody. We have ourselves a potpourri episode. Go to MLBReports.com to see the up-to-date listings of Who Owns Baseball. Go to SullyBaseball.com. Like me on Facebook. So we have an iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. You can be old school. Send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. This has been a potpourri episode of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.